time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast here on WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's the Canadian beloved national treasure, P.D. Williams. Oh, how's she going, eh? Now, at the beginning of this podcast, no matter how long this music goes, do you, like, stand with your hand over your heart? Yeah, I'm still standing because the music's playing in the back of there and it's fading out, so now I get to sit down. Good. Oh. Yeah, I, I have to. It's the Canadian National Anthem. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do? We need to find something a little less patriotic, a little in between. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I mean, that's been my music for... Oh, since 2004. So um, I, I don't know if I can ever have a different theme song. I mean, I've, I've had some before, but they just don't stick. It always comes back to, to this one. We have a lot to talk about this week. It is WrestleMania week. And Petey, the one thing about WrestleMania that I miss, I don't know what year it stopped. Was Vince McMahon doing the lead and saying, it's WrestleMania. Uh, to me, that was always the cherry on top of an amazing night of wrestling. You know, Vince McMahon was like, I, I loved his commentary. Like, I really dig, like, you know, his, like, on screen with him and whoever the, you know, the, the color guy was, because he was always a play-by-play guy at the beginning. And then, man, he was just so into it. You don't hear that passion anymore. Like, I know they're trying to treat it more as a sport now, and you don't hear, like, football guys going nuts like Vince McMahon would go nuts. But I mean, man, I hope he, I don't know, maybe he could clone himself or something and then just put himself in that spot. I just, I really, I really liked his commentary. I, it wasn't bad, but that at the very beginning of every WrestleMania where he did kind of the recap, it's WrestleMania, watch it, the big boss man takes out Coco Beware, you know, it to me, yeah. that was that was always I, I geeked out. Even still, now I went back and watched the Mega Powers explode, and Vince McMahon, the oh, WrestleMania Hulk Hogan Macho, it phenomenal. Yeah, I I loved it back in that era, and the thing is, like when he was doing commentary and like Roddy Piper, Macho Man, all those guys. Man, there was just so much energy in it, and it's just not like that anymore. I like commentary is great now and stuff like that. I just think they have to do too much to tell stories, and there's too much action going on, and maybe they're putting too much thought into it. I, I don't know, but it just it didn't even matter what they said. It really did not matter the words coming out of their mouth. It was the the emotion behind it that I think attracted us as like kids to the product. It died when Jim Ross left. It's ever since then. It's been very corporate structured. Jim Ross, I feel like, was the last for that WWE emotional announcing group. Yeah, him, him, and uh, Jerry Lawler were like a good, very good team together. Um, and I, I was even watching. Uh, what was I watching the other day? I don't know. Some sort of. 2005 destination x I, I i caught it really quick i watched the match and just listening to uh, uh mike today and don west i mean they're just like yelling into their headset like but it was like so much emotion behind it and stuff and i'm like man like where'd all the emotion go in wrestling i mean we're calling it more like a i don't know like a play-by-play sport now it seems like which which i don't like i, I wish we had one of those over-the-top guys that just 
went nuts into the microphone. I, I really do. We have a lot to talk about on this podcast. Of course, it's going to be WrestleMania heavy, but we have some impact coming up this weekend, stuff to talk about. Impact taking on Lucha Underground. What's the storyline behind this? Because I'll be honest, as a fringe fan of Impact, I don't know what the the lead up is. Is there a storyline? Is there just like we're gonna versus you guys and see what happens at the end? I don't. Is it poor storytelling? What's what's going on here? You know, I I, I think it's gonna. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um. I think it's cool though because you have okay, okay look at the people like like uh um Johnny Impact and you know a couple of the other guys Johnny Impact's the big one that were wrestling for Lucha Underground and now they're wrestling for Impact all of a sudden and they can do both and stuff so it's kind of like a cross promotion which is really cool you know when you think of you know you got WWE obviously where they're at but then you have all these other promotions you got Ring of Honor Impact uh, Lucha Underground, um, you know, Evolve, like just just a bunch of, we'll, we'll call them second rate because they're not WWE, obviously. They don't have the marketing and all that kind of stuff behind it. But then if they can combine together, like, I think it's kind of cool, like Lucha Underground versus Impact. That's almost, like, that would be equivalent of like Lucha Underground versus ROH or Impact versus ROH. It's, it, it's something different, I feel, that can bring and build hype to the already stacked WrestleMania weekend and all the independent shows around it, like every single promotion, every promotion is going to be in New Orleans this weekend. That's just what it's going to be. And what's going to bring people to see Impact over like any other show? Well, let's do Impact versus Lucha Underground because that's going to create buzz. I think that's what they were going for. And it's going to be good because they, you know, um, you know, even though it's going to be on Twitch and all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, Lucha Underground has their El Rey network and they're with uh, MGM and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's kind of like just more more eyes, more viewers for both companies. So it's going to benefit both companies. Why it's going to be like, hey, Lucha versus um, Impact, I, I don't know other than uh, the buzz, I feel. I don't know if – I don't think there's a storyline or anything behind it. Could I, and I? It's happened before where two pro, you know, two organizations teamed up and did something like this. If they stuck with it, if Impact and Lucha and Ring of Honor, if these guys kind of grouped together, stay, you know, kept their own names but grouped together and did more things to with each other, could that change the way indie wrestling is seen? Not that I guess you could kind mm-hmm. of call the way Impact and Lucha and all these guys still indie wrestling because. They're gone to more contracted wrestlers and limited schedules, but could could it change the way that smaller wrestling organizations have seen and maybe even challenge WWE, not on the main scale, but for internet viewership? Yeah, I th- and I, th- I think we talked about this before because, um, yeah, I think we touched on it because I, I said I think, and I don't know this for sure or at all, this is just my speculation, that you look at the more – and I know he's trying to rebuild Impact because, you know, they, they burned a lot of bridges and stuff like that. And you see now, like, he's doing stuff with, like, Lucha Underground, uh, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore, all that kind of stuff that those companies before would have had nothing to do with Impact. So I don't know if he's trying to, like, formulate, like, a super company, like, of all the, um, you know, 
people that aren't WWE and then kind of come together and be like, hey, this is what you can watch. Everybody that's not in WWE is working for this company or, or whatever the case may be. The only problem with that is there's a head on each of these companies. Like you got Ed Nordholm uh, running Impact, and then I don't know who's the head of Lucha Underground or Ring of Honor and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you get a lot of chiefs in one room, um, those chiefs, you know, don't like to be Indians. Like who's going to take the leadership and stuff like that? So I don't. I, I think that's where uh, it would fail. Not so much that the talent would have any problem working with each other or whatever the case may be. It's just that who would take ownership of the company? Who, like, would they split it all, like, if it was three companies, split it all a third, how would it work? Those are logistic things that you have to look at from a business standpoint. Vince McMahon doesn't have that problem because he owns – it's his company mm-hmm. you know, until he dies. It's his company. So um, – I, I find more excitement. That, that's the tough that, part about it. I find more excitement in oh, something I, like that. It, you know, you never know who's going to pop up, and th- that could be a true blue invasion angle right there. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of – I mean – I think that's going to bring eyes to uh, that's something different that they're going to be seeing um, in that WrestleMania weekend. Uh, you got and I just saw an announcement. I'm like Scott Steiner and Teddy Hart versus uh, the, the the Chris brothers. I'm like, wow, that should be a very interesting match. I don't know who's representing Lucha Underground, but it, it doesn't matter. Teddy Hart, who I've heard you talk about him before. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, he was uh, in team. He's like Bret Hart's like nephew or something like that. Um, uh, he was in the first team Canada. That's when I first met him. He was the cabinet team Canada back before like uh, Eric Young and Bobby Roode weren't around. Uh, and yeah, for whatever reason, like back in that, like he he was. I mean. I don't know how the whole story goes, but he was hired by WWE, like I think on two different occasions and was fired both times um, just because, you know, he's young. He didn't have his head on straight and stuff like that. And still, uh, even Impact didn't want to really use him. Like he, he burned a lot of bridges along the way. And that's why Teddy Hart was like, you know, his popularity was rising in probably like 2004-ish. But then he would like not show up to shows or I, I don't know what the whole problem was, but he burned a lot of bridges, had a lot of heat with people as you know, I was, I was there when Teddy Hart and punk had their actual fight outside Whoa. of the white trash cafe in Nashville. Um, <laughs> but like he, and I think he's trying to mend the fences now um, and get back into it and all that kind of stuff. And I just talked to him like in, was it August? He actually showed up to the impact tapings and stuff. So uh, it seems like he's trying to get everything squared away. He's older now, so maybe he's settling down and stuff and is, realizing that what he did when he was younger wasn't wasn't the right thing to do. Is he the guy, and I'll try to be a little polite with the way I say this, but uh, was supposed to be at a show and uh, could not make it uh, due to uh, unforeseen circumstances? Uh, that you're being very, too vague on that one because I'll just come there's out a lot say, of people that do that. I'll just come out and say it. Was he the guy? Because I feel like we were at a show together once and maybe he was supposed to show up, but he got arrested. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty sure he was in jail or something like that, but okay. he got all that taken care of. Yeah, he was in that, that – he was supposed to be at that Kobo show, I believe, right? Where, Kobo? No, no. Up, up north in northern Michigan, right? Saginaw? 
I don't know. Well, didn't, didn't maybe someone else show up instead? I think so, or maybe it was like an XICW show. Yeah, but A you're, you're or on something. the right track with that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. So the feeder shows, all that stuff's cool. You're not going to be down there. You're going to be hanging out. So that, that that's cool. You and I will get to hang out and do WrestleMania together. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be fun. I, uh, you know, I it, mean, that's that's one show that I've always, as much as I mean, there was a period of time I think in like eh, 2006 to, to that 2008, I I didn't know anything that was going on in WWE, like nothing at all, and uh, but I always made sure I watched WrestleMania. I just it's I've watched all of them since I was a kid, so it's almost like a tradition, like watching the Super Bowl kind of deal. Like even if you don't watch football or whatever, you're going to watch the Super Bowl. And it's the same thing with WrestleMania. Like I'm, I'm going to watch it every single one till the day I die, probably uh, regardless of what's happening on the show or not. But just cause it's a tradition. I mean, it brings back memories of me watching with my dad and all that kind of stuff. And um, it, it's just, it's a good time regardless of what happens. Well, I'm really excited that you turned down bookings to hang out with me for WrestleMania. Hey, that's no problem. I'd much rather watch it than, uh, than than be wrestling in or around it. Good, good. So let's move on. You had some interesting stuff you want to talk about, Impact, before we move on to WWE. Yeah, no, they had, I mean, I know they always say, like, on the media calls and stuff like that, like, Impact's rebuilding and on the upswing and stuff like that. But I know they're going to start, uh, you know, looking into going over to the UK again and all that kind of stuff. I know Impact does have a big following in the UK. Um, they last Friday, I believe, was like their biggest day in the history of uh, their YouTube channel. So like their views, like I think they were like their previous like record was like 1.5 million. I think last Friday was like 1.9 million. Um, their likes went up uh, like a couple hundred. Um, their watch time went up to like 3.4 minutes to 4.8 minutes. Um, and now they're getting up to, I think, 30 million views per month. And same thing with like the social media, like their impressions now on Twitter are getting over a million impressions a day, um, which in quarter four of 2017, they were at like 300,000. Um, the pop show now. Um, or their, their, their show on pop since they moved there in 2016, yeah, 2016. Um, they're now they're actually like on an upswing. It's like, I think they're rating last week or they had like almost 400,000 viewers or something like that, which is the second most since, uh, when Matt Hardy did that, uh, what was that called? That deletion ultimate deletion. Well, that's what he did on on raw but whatever it was Though called it was, it was still i think it was still the same thing i think they kept... I, yeah it was called something out like i, I want to say it was a, like a variation of the deletion um so yeah their twitch channel uh, surpassed five hundred thousand views so um yeah no just everything's uh, everything's looking good i know they got redemption coming up april 22nd then four days of tapings after that um we already talked about this the next set of TV tapings will be in my hometown of Windsor, Ontario, Canada, and that's June 1st and 2nd. And then they got, uh, I believe they announced the Slammiversary date, which is, that that's like Bound for Glory is like their WrestleMania. Their SummerSlam is like Slammiversary, and that'll be July 22nd, and they're going to do two TV tapings, July 23rd and 24th. They don't have the venue announced yet. 
but I believe it's not going to be in Orlando. I just don't think it's finalized of what's going on with where that's going to be, but it looks to be outside of Orlando. And uh, in August, they have a, another couple tentative dates of uh, August 12th and 13th for uh, TV taping. So, you know, they got TV taping scheduled all the way up through the summer. Um, I don't know if there's any other stuff in between. I'm sure there is, but, you know, they're trying to nail some things in stone. And, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting to be a part of now. It's always good when you're – it reminds me back of when I first started with Impact in 2000 and – what was that, 2004? And every – like when we first went down to Orlando, everybody was excited. The company was on the upswing and stuff like that. It, this is what it's reminding me of again. It's like they're – not going out on a limb, but they're doing different things to try to rebuild and stuff like that. And now it feels like we're back on the upswing. And that's what you want to be in a company. You want to be in the upswing. How much longer do they have in their contract with Pop? Um, Rough I believe. Guess. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So August, we went down there for tapings, and then we didn't go back. So I, I want to. I think it's like September. They signed on for another year in September, so they're going to be there till at least September. Um, so, I mean, this is good because cause that's when they had, yeah, they announced that their app. Um, so, yeah, but it'll be good though because now that they're showing upper trends, maybe they they stay on pop, maybe they go to a different network, whatever the case may be. But um, it's all good stuff as long as we keep this trend going up. I feel like if they stayed on pop, it would be a loss to them at this point. Pop doesn't really offer much other than probably a small TV contract. You look at what Ring of Honor, I, I, I don't know the numbers of what Ring of Honor's uh, television contract is versus Lucha versus yours, but I'd have to guess that yours is substantially smaller than the other two. Uh, I'm not sure how all that works. All I know is it's, it's really hard to get on a television network and have like a slot. You know what I mean? Uh, like you look at great shows out there. Um, you know, like Tommy Dreamer's house of hardcore, not on television, but he throws on, like puts on phenomenal shows. It's just, the thing is, it's not that your product isn't good. It's that you have to solidify a, a slot on television. That's the toughest part. And, you know, sometimes it's like, I, I, it's tough to say because if you think like, say, if Impact wasn't on TV right now, never was on Spike or anything like that, and they're right now, given the product that they had now, would they be able to get on TV? I don't know. Pot, like with the product they have, I don't know. You know, when we first got on, like they had a lot of like, uh, like big names and all that kind of stuff. When we switched over to Spike, you know, they had the Dudleys coming off hot from uh, WWE and everything. Um, it's things like that. So, you know, getting on TV is the tough part. Staying on it, you know, that's a little bit easier because you already have that trend of, yeah, these guys can can do television. Doing television is a lot harder than than everybody thinks. It's not just turn on the camera and start filming. It's it's a it's so I, much more. And I'm a little bit worried about this rumor that uh, WWE may may leave USA and go over to Fox Television. You know, looking back in the past, and maybe I'm looking back with it with like, you know, hindsight or revisionist eyes, or I may even be completely wrong in what I'm about to say. But if, if it it almost senses to me like 
anytime they left USA, the product was never as good. Like it's almost like vanilla ice cream and chocolate. WWE and USA Television are should always be together. Yeah, well, when they went to Spike, um, I thought their 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 show was was still good. I, I want to say it was like almost coming out of the Attitude Era or going into it or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when I was young and I lived in Canada when Raw first started, like what twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, ooh, what is this USA Network? Obviously, I'm Canadian, and we don't get the USA Network because it's called the USA Network, and it's not like satellite it is now and we have thousands of channels i remember growing up i had like under 50 channels like to choose from that's it and i couldn't get it and i couldn't watch it and all that kind of stuff so i remember this usa network being a a thing back 25 years ago so for them to leave the usa network i don't know if it's their best interest but i mean you know obviously they have people hired with skills and marketing all that kind of stuff so they obviously it's a benefit are they going to go to like fox like fox like channel two fox or are they going like fox sports net or i think it's up to like uh, fox subs- sports that i'm i'm not completely sure you hear the rumors occasionally pop up on some of the the news sites and you i don't pay that close attention to them but it caught yeah. my eye and then when we were talking about this it, it really kind of had that feel of boy I don't know if I would be – I you know, you're going to follow the product, of course, and I'm going to watch to see how it's produced if anything's different. But it just wouldn't be the same without watching, you know, USA and after after WWE watch Psyched or whatever the show is on next. Yeah, no, I remember like uh, on Spike TV, yeah, after this, watch Cops or something like that. Oh, like, love yeah, Cops. Yeah, it's, it's not – it, it's tough, and maybe that's why they want to switch, uh, switch to a Fox Sportsnet because it makes more sense if your lead-in is some sort of sports type of product, and you're, you know, and that gives you a better lead-in rather than your lead-in is like, I don't know, uh, I don't even know what their lead-in now is on USA Network. Like it might be like Law and Order or something like that. Uh, so two totally different demographics, right? Like I feel like people that watch like Law and Order don't stick around and watch raw they're kind of like turning up oh this is wrestling right um so maybe they're looking at a better like demograph per se i found on the sportster which is i guess one of those popular clickbait list sites a a pretty interesting top 15 top 14 kind of thing i want to read a couple of these off it's it's the top 15 poor stats that current WWE superstars have. In a couple, Say that again, poor stats? Stats that WWE okay. superstars have. And a couple of them are pretty surprising. Like, number 14, John Cena only has five pay-per-view wins since 2016. Really? Yeah. How many, how many has it been on? Does it say that? It like doesn't 20? say. But 2016, I mean, that's, what, almost two years now. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, all of 2017. I don't know if they're counting two, like December 2016. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that five pay-per-view wins, uh, I mean, that's not good for a top guy, but, I mean, that goes to show that he's near the end of his career. He's trying to pass the torch, and I, I think he's doing a better job passing the torch than anybody else has in the past because usually when guys are done, like you look at a Stone Cold, they, I'm done. I'm walking out. You know, The Rock, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm walking out. Maybe I'll put one guy over. 
but to stick around and constantly put guys over, making sure that you're set for the future, that's where a lot of companies fail is because they don't plan for you know what's coming next. They're just kind of uh, let's just wing it kind of deal. So it's you know I, I respect Cena for that because he doesn't have to do this at all. And, at all. And whether or not you believe the backstage, you know whether he's a good guy or a bad guy or. You know, we talked about this many times where people protect their top spot. And I get and I understand that where sometimes it just doesn't make sense to put somebody over and you put your foot down. But you, you're right. Whether you like them or hate them, the, Stone Cold didn't do that. Stone Cold put the rock over at WrestleMania and then left. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's yeah. not really passing the torch because Stone Cold or the what the rock was already the top guy at that point anyways. Yeah, no, he just got his win back from previous WrestleManias. Um, no, not too many people do that. But then again, not too many people are, are John Cena. Where they're in that spot where it's like, you know, we could still use him for two more years and let him let everybody on the roster beat him, and he's still John Cena, and he's still going to be the most over guy. I mean, no matter what you do to him at this point in his career, there's not much you could do to hurt him at all. Like having him lose to whoever, he could probably lose to. Uh, Kurt Hawkins tomorrow and it, it would be like the biggest storyline because Kurt Hawkins hasn't won in like I don't know what 200 matches or something like that so and imagine if he was like Cena was the one that, that put him over I mean that would be huge and it still would not hurt Cena guaranteed which, but it would totally make Kurt Hawkins which totally different from The Undertaker by the way because the Undertaker's streak was special, and then he loses to Lesnar, which was shocking. And if he walked away, that would have been okay. Then he loses yep. to Roman Reigns, and if they were, if, if we'll get to our predictions a little bit later. But if you know Undertaker and Cena happens, Undertaker goes zero and three. There was nothing special about his streak at that point. When you go zero and three at the end of your career, so I don't know who it does anybody favors to, but. I think Cena losing now is a lot different than what The Undertaker is doing. Yeah, I don't know. I we part can... of me feels that um, Lesnar shouldn't have been the one. Lesnar didn't need to be um, Undertaker. I mean, he was. I I, I don't I don't feel The Undertaker like should not have he, lost. He should have he should have retired with that record. But or they could have waited. And had Roman Reigns beat him, if that's the guy they're going for, and then that be it. I, I feel like whatever his loss is, he's done. Like, to have him come back, like, I think he, what, he came back the next year and he won a match, right? Like, didn't he, like, beat Bray Wyatt or... Yes, I don't Lesnar. know. Yeah, he came back, won a match, and then lost to Roman Reigns and stuff. So, I don't know. I, I think... That, that's, I, I think The Undertaker's done, pretty much. And, you know, if you kind of look back at that streak, it's not all that impressive, really, at the beginning and the middle, as it was towards the end with who he fought. I mean, Ali Grante? I mean, really? Or, yeah, I think that was one of them. What, the Giant Gonzalez? Yeah, Giant Go- yeah there you go. I mean, okay. you, you look at some of the guys he beat early and in the middle of that streak, not impressive at all. Let's let's not kid ourselves. And by the way, the same people who who complain about Brock the Lesnar not being on TV enough as a champion are the same people that are cheering a guy that shows up once every WrestleMania and that's it. Yeah, but you know, maybe people, uh, without even them knowing it in the back of their mind, going like, 
well, Undertaker's like, you know, past his prime, he's old. He's just going to show up at WrestleMania to save his body. And in the front of their mind, they're saying, hey, Brock Lesnar's still in his prime. You know, he's still a machine. You could see how he still, he can really still move around the ring. Like, look at when he was just, uh, you know, h- him and Roman Reigns the past couple weeks on Raw or whatever. Like, he's still moving and he has up still and, like, he can still go. So maybe that's why they're like, oh, you know, it's okay. We only want to see Undertaker once a year as a special thing because he can't really move that well anymore. Mm. Uh, here's another one. Sami Zayn is 0-7 in championship matches on the main roster. Oh, well, obviously, because he's never won a belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, okay, I can see that. What's another one? Let's see here. Rusev has one of the worst win-loss records in the WWE right now. 28 wins, 97 losses. Yeah, and you wouldn't even know that because he was, well, for a while, he wasn't losing. And then I think he just lost 97 matches in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, that's what he did. He was the old school Russian, you know, dude that was anti-American. And then just all the Americans beat him, kind of. They built him up to have him beat him. Um, So that doesn't surprise me. I mean... He, he's been on a losing streak as of late. At the beginning of his career, he was undefeated, right? Until until Cena beat him at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Was that what it was? Something he won the like, U.S. titles? Yeah, something like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Cena, was 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 that the one Rusev came out on the tank? Yes. Okay. Or maybe Cena came out on the tank. No, Rusev came out on the tank with the uh, Bulgarian flag. Yeah. Yeah, but that was years ago. And then, like, was that... on the beginning of his career. And then he's been losing ever since. There you go. Here's another one. Are you ready for this one? Yep. Kurt Hawkins has two wins over The Undertaker. What? How is this possible? See? Are, are you ready for this? Both, yeah. both victories Hawkins scored over The Undertaker took place nearly a decade ago. Hawkins was one of Edge's edgeheads, along with Zack Ryder at the time. Ryder and Hawkins okay. and, t- and Edge teamed up to defeat The Undertaker in a three-on-one handicap match in 2008. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Good, and, good. and then, again, the next week in a four-on-one handicap match where Vicky Guerrero joined the team. Okay, so, I mean, maybe that's what he has to start going to. Maybe <laughs> he has to do handicap matches where he has multiple guys on his side to win. There awesome. He- uh, let's see. Bailey has won one match on pay per view in a year. Yeah, I could see that. Her characters, and I feel bad because she did so well at NXT. And this is going back to the transition of NXT members to the main roster. And sometimes they don't, you know, they don't work. And I, I really, it, it's happened to a lot of them. Uh, some of them kind of pulled through. Some of them became better stars, like Elias. He mm-hmm. was a, he, he became a better star on the main roster than in NXT. So. Um, I, and I hope that doesn't happen to Bobby where, you know, like he kind of fizzles out cause it looks like that's the way it's going. But, um, you know, it didn't happen to Finn, you know, so it's, it's a crapshoot to see, see what's going to stick and, and what doesn't. Here, here's another good one. Kane has lost 1,259 matches. <laughs> that's, I wonder how many he's won, but, uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I can believe that. I mean, he's been around for so long. He holds, like, Royal Rumble records and stuff like that. Um, he, he holds a lot of other records. So, I mean, you, 
probably lost a lot. And there's been times in his career where he was just putting everybody over, you know, week after week. So let's see. Here's another one. Uh, Chris Jericho was the one who came up with the money in the bank match. He has never won one. Hmm. I wonder how many he's been in. Let's see. I'm trying to look here. Um, I don't think it says anything here. Jericho hasn't has doesn't have the worst record in Money in the Bank matches. However, Christian and Kofi Kingston are both zero and six. Um, wow. Yeah. So it doesn't say for Jericho. Wow. Well, I mean, I got a pretty uh, bad win loss record when it comes to championship <laughs> matches as well. <laughs> I mean. I think everybody that's been in a champion or has been a wrestler has probably a losing record when it comes to championship matches. Hey, you know, because what? Hey, I was going to change, but go ahead and finish. Okay. No, I was just going to say, like, it seems like almost every wrestler would have a worse win-loss record when it comes to championship matches because when they're holding the belt, the only way they can retain is if they win, so there's a win. And then every single time they get a shot at the title, they're not going to win it. And I, I've had like so many different types of title shots. I've also defended the title quite a bit. So I would say my record, man, I should go look that up. Or somebody should look that up um, to see what my win-loss record is in championship matches. You know, everybody keeps talking about how, you know, Triple H, and this is leading into the next one, by the way, Triple H is going to win because he's Triple H and Stephanie, and they have to bully their way onto the roster. But did you know Triple H has a losing record at WrestleMania? I believe that. I mean, he's lost to Undertaker twice. Um, He usually walks into WrestleMania years ago, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. He usually walks into WrestleMania as the champion and then loses it. Like, you know, he lost it to... Uh, I believe Batista that one year when Batista was hot, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I could definitely, definitely see that. Does it say what his record is? It does. Triple H has a record of nine and 12 at WrestleMania. His 12 losses are one more than the next biggest loser at WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is uh, a big loser at WrestleMania too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that's what happens because you usually you're, you're built up, and you go in as the champion, and then you 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 lose. So, and that says something about you that you're still a draw with so many losses. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought Triple H's record was going to be worse than nine and twelve. That's not even that bad. I thought it'd be more like a, I don't know, a, a five and fifteen or something like that. Yeah. Nope. It's uh, it's surprisingly not that bad. Let's see. I'm kind of skipping over some that are not very good. Dolph Ziggler went over a year without a pay-per-view win. I'm not shocked with that. Mm-mm. Let's see here. It doesn't even give his pay-per-view record. Let's see. Oh, it does. He is 22-81 and 81 in pay-per-view events. Whoa. That's that's a pretty bad record. Yep. Yeah. Let's- Man, I, you know, I have to... I wonder what my record is. I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> I bet you I have a losing record, definitely. I guarantee it. And then they, you know, they, they go on with the... I, I don't even remember who, who it was. Was it... Uh, Ric Flair is, what, 18-time champion, right? 
16. 16. I think he's tied with Cena right now, yeah. 16 times. And I remember him saying one time, you know, I'm at this point, I think it was like 14 times, right? He's like, I'm a 14-time champion. And the next guy goes, you know, whoever he was wrestling goes, yeah, but that makes you like a 15-time loser. Yeah. Yeah. And John Cena has lost the world championship 16 times. Yep. Yeah, that's that's all it means. Yeah. Every any championship you are, you're that many time of a loser too, unless you're the current champion, then you're one less. So yep. Let's see. Now let's let's get into WrestleMania talk because it's it's that season, it's that week, it's this show. I mean, this is this is our go home wrestling perspective podcast until the big day. Yeah, I mean, and I, I tried to get predictions from my wife, but she literally uh, didn't even know it was WrestleMania weekend until I asked her for some predictions. And uh, that's how out of touch she is. But uh, um, obviously, she wants John Cena to win. I said, he might not even be wrestling. She's like, I, I don't care. I, I love that guy. And his I, people just are upset that he has such a good soul. And I don't know why people hate him. So, um, yeah, she feels like John Cena is going to win. Undertaker is going to come back. Uh, she feels Lesnar is going to lose. Um, and that Daniel Bryan will be a hit no matter what he does. So... Um, there you go. Yeah. Oh, and the creep and the creepy guy with the lantern is going to make an appearance too. Okay. So I'm assuming that's Bray Wyatt, right? You would think. Okay. So that's her prediction. So we got those out of the way. Do you have a pen and paper? Cause we need to keep track of these. Cause I feel like we need to make a bet here. And as you look around yourself, which I know you're doing right now for pen and paper, here's my, here's, here's what I would like to propose to you for a bet. Are you ready? Yeah. We, cool. we, you and I, have a trip to Buffalo coming up. Mm-hmm. The loser, of course we're taking my car because, you know, I, my car is built for long drives. The loser drives to Buffalo. Mm. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's yeah. going to be uh, awkward when we go across the border. Let's say I lose. Uh, and they're like, whose car is it? I'm like, it's his car. And they're gonna be like, "Why are you driving?" That's gonna that's gonna bring up some red flags. You think so? The border. I would be like, uh, uh, "Sir, awesome. I'm I'm not very familiar with the metric system, so I don't know how <laughs> fast to go." Yeah, we'll be good. But yeah, I'll take that bet on. That's no problem. I like I like driving. I, I don't I don't mind driving at all. Am like I, a I ba- I'll I'll. Am I a bad driver? I don't think so. All right, I, I just, think you did great. Yeah, I, just well, you've driven with me many times, and I'm I'm not a big fan of driving, so I always wonder. I look over, and sometimes you are like, you're like a puppy looking out the window with just bright eyes, and you're like, ah, oh, you know. And I think in the back of my mind, I think Petey's probably thinking I'm driving like an old man right now. Uh, no, uh, I've I've been in many people's cars before, and. I did not feel like my life was threatened. I've been in cars before with people, and I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to get out of this car alive. Um, the way they're driving, either slow, fast, or I don't even know why they have a driver's license, whatever the case may be. But no, you're a totally fine driver. Uh, I don't mind driving. I know when we used to uh, travel, uh, I was the guy that, that drove. A lot of the times we'd get like, uh, we'd always try to go for a minivan, believe it or not, because you could pack like, six seven guys in there um but you know sometimes we didn't get a minivan because we didn't uh maybe they weren't available or whatever but i was always the guy i didn't mind driving and i love driving so 
Hmm. Um, I yeah, I'll take this bet on. This is it, dude. I might if I win, I get to drive. How about that? <laughs> They're about <laughs> sweet. I like the way this bet's starting to sound every minute. Yeah. Okay, so let's do that. Okay, let's start with the uh, term terminate uh, t- tournament finals for the vacated WWE Cruiserweight Champion Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. Who are you going with? Ooh, that's a tough one. I want to say Cedric Alexander. For some reason, I, I feel like they're gonna they're they're gonna portray him as like the top guy, and they're gonna have him chase the belt. But I'm like, ah, I think they'll just give it to him now. He's been chasing it long enough. Um, so I, I think Cedric Alexander. This is one of these cases of just being different because you picked Cedric. I'm gonna go with uh, Mustafa here. I I like what they've been doing with his build up. Basically, he went from a, uh, I hate to use the word jobber, but a jobber on 205 Live to now here he is. I like this story that they're portraying with him. I think he comes out on top. Okay. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. As we kind of, I'll start with this one. As we said before, I think Brock Lesnar retains. I I think he drops it in a Raw or, or Raw Maybe the one right after WrestleMania, one you know, uh, two shows from now. But I think he walks out as a champion just to, just to throw people off. You know that's that's a good prediction right there. Just to throw people off because they like doing that. Um, they don't like being so predictable. Um, but you know what? For whatever reason, you know, I, I just think they're gonna give it to Roman Reigns. I, I just they've been doing. So too much to build him up. They like he kicked out of like four of John Cena's FUs, one of them being off the top rope. Um, and you know, one spear takes out Cena. I, I, I just I, I just think that they're they're gonna give it to Roman Reigns. I, I just really do. Okay. Well you get to pick the next match, which is AJ Styles versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE championship. Who are you going with, PD? Um, just because of the injury, I'll say Nakamura. Uh, and like we talked about before, Nakamura beat him before. Uh, this could be an, a good ongoing feud. So maybe this is the start of it. Maybe they'll switch the title back and forth and stuff like that. But I'll just say Nakamura. I'm going to go AJ because you went Nakamura. But I'm with you. I think Nakamura walks out as the champion. But... AJ, this might could be match of the night potential, depending on how injured AJ is. But I'm going to say AJ. I think he defends. Uh, Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. Pete, I'm going with the Miz to retain here. Yeah, I think uh, we, we already discussed this one. Um, but I, I'll say Finn. I think that's what I said before. I could just see him. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to take it off of Miz just because I think Miz is going to be the next feud for Roman Reigns. And I think that'll be a hot feud. Um, just because Miz is like the all, like he's just the guy, he's such on his game right now. It's unbelievable that he's got to get rid of that intercontinental title. He's already done enough as that he can with it and go back up to that heavyweight title picture. Okay. Okay. U.S. championship match. Brandy Orton, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, Rusev, 
and whoever else doesn't have a match on SmackDown that feels like got thrown into this. And rumor has it the only reason why Rusev was put in was he kind of said he wasn't happy with the company, and he, it, it was rumored from some guy from Sports Illustrated that he asked for his release, and this is their way of smoothing things over. I think Rusev wins this match. I think he wins it despite that, but Rusev Day is getting so over that they have to give it to him. Yeah, um, I want Rusev to win just because I really – I'm just – whenever somebody gets popular for no – like not no reason, but like the, the office wasn't obviously like, hey, we're going to start pushing Rusev. It just happened, and now they can't control it. So I always love seeing that, and I always get behind that, um, and I always think those guys are the best guys. Um, but I think Jinder's going to win for whatever reason. Um that's just, you know, him winning the U.S. title. I could see it kind of being the opposite because Rusev's always played that Russian guy that's always been the anti-American. I could see Jinder winning it and going in a feud with Rusev, and that's Rusev redeeming himself with the American people. So um, th- that's how I see it going. I think I said once I'd love to see Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE ch- title in the the crowd chant USA. Uh, I, I think they did, didn't they? Maybe. When they fought, because they fought each other on a pay per view before. They were probably chanting USA, so. Ah, who knows? But, yep, I think Rusev wins. I love what Aiden English has been doing. I, I don't care if I ever see Aiden English wrestle again. This guy has been phenomenal with Rusev, and I hope they're smart enough not to separate these two. Yeah, I, I don't. And if anything, they can make them a tag team. I think they already are a tag teaming. So yeah, even if they don't knows. do something with the singles and stuff like that, and I agree, like he's such a good, they're dynamic, and it's it's because it's such an odd couple to like. It's like, who would have thought? And I want to know with a creative meeting where it's like, oh, let's put Aiden English with Rusev. Let's just try it out. Like it just seems like two polar opposites. Uh, but I mean, sometimes that works, you know, opposites attract. So um, really good chemistry, and I really like what they're doing. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. I'm going Nia Jax here. What did I say? Did I say Nia last time? I think you did too. It's okay if you did. Yeah. Uh, I I think so. I think Nia will finally get it. Um, Alexa's had it for a long time. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think. Charlotte versus Asuka. Ah <sighs> oh, man, there's so many ways you could do this one. Um, and I don't know if they're going to have like Charlotte get DQ'd and keep the title. And that's Asuka's, you know, she could still be undefeated um, and then have her. But I don't know. Like Maybe they're going to have Asuka win. I'm going to go with Asuka. So maybe they're going to have her win, beat Charlotte, and then have her keep the belt for like a year. Then that next year's WrestleMania, it's Ronda versus Asuka. So. You know, maybe they'll keep her undefeated streak as the longest one ever, and uh, Ronda knocks her off. I don't know, but I'll go with Oscar. My my fantasy booking here would be: this is where Charlotte Flair turns heel, turns into the dirtiest player in the game, and cheats the cheats yep, the lose, yep. keeps the belt. You could even have the cash in somewhere in the middle. I don't care, but of the money in the bank from oh, who who has? I forgot her name now. That's how, Carmella? yeah, that's how bad Carmella has been booked with this uh, money in the bank. But you know, I, I, I would like to see Charlotte Flair cheat the lose, and Oscar still gets the W. Charlotte still keeps the belt, 
it's too soon to put that belt on Asuka. I'd like to see Asuka chase it and, and make it mean more. There was no chase, and there was really no true build-up either to this. It seems like two, three weeks ago, she just showed up on SmackDown and chose Charlotte Flair when everybody's like, well, you know, we're not seeing graphics of Asuka versus Bliss. What's going on here? Yeah, uh, it's there's always a... It just always seems like the babyface is chasing the title. Always. You, you look at every other match on this card that some of them are baby, baby matches, but the babyface is chasing the title. You know, maybe this is the one where she doesn't need to chase it. She gets it, and then that's it. I'm the awesome babyface that the heels have to try to beat, and they can't because I'm undefeated. You know, kind of like a Goldberg type thing, mm-hmm. uh, minus the squash match. But, uh, yeah, maybe they, they book it differently. Okay, well, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Braun Strowman and a partner to be named later. Who uh, who are you going with? Um, oh, that's a tough one. Uh, maybe maybe I'll go with Braun and his partner. Man, that's it's. I just don't know. Like we go back and forth on who his partner is going to be and stuff like that. Um, you know, like uh, Ray Mysterio or Elias or something like that, or even like Bray Wyatt, uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, oh, man, that would be really cool if Bray was his partner. That that would actually. You know, because he was in the Wyatt family before, mm-hmm. so I think that'd be really cool, yeah. Uh, but I'll go with uh, Braun and whoever his partner is. I'm going Cesaro and Sheamus, like, legit. I, I think whoever Braun's partner is, is going to take the pin. Ooh, that, that's... Yeah, that, that's that's actually... If if they do lose, it's, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. For sure. The Braun's partner will take the pin. It depends, like... It'll be interesting to see who they have date. Like if they have Ray Mysterio debut, I think they're both going over because you can't just beat Ray. And his like re-return. Um, I don't know. There's so many ways you could do it. I really wish. I'm, I'm intrigued to see who the partner is. That that's what's going to be the big thing is is who's the partner. I'm glad the match they waited. I feel will be secondary. I'm glad they waited. Yeah. No. Me too. It's good. They don't have enough like mystery partners ever. Like whether it be at a pay per view. Or WrestleMania, but they they don't do that enough. And I used to like when they used to have mystery partners. Next match: Usos versus New Day versus Bludgeon Brothers, and I don't know if there's anybody else in this match. But it was it the three way tag team championship match. Who are you going with? I've been saying a lot of uh, titles switching hands, so let, let's just keep it. Usos have it right now, right? Yep. You know, you know what? I don't know, man. This is this is tough because if you keep it on the Usos, that kills everything else. Uh, maybe we'll give it to the. Uh, man, I don't know. This is tough booking. <laughs> I don't know how I would book that. Um, let's 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 just stick with the Usos. I'll just stick with the Usos. I'm gonna give it to the Bludgeon Brothers. That's I'm just... that's what I was gonna say at first, but I'm like I, I don't know, man, because. Uh, then uh, yeah, it's somebody new on there. That's exactly what I was thinking. But it just seems like every thing I picked has been a title <laughs> change so far, and I'm like, I, I don't think it's going to be like that. Bludgeon Brothers. So we got yeah. another disagree. That's good. Angle yeah. Ronda versus Triple H Stephanie. I'm going to let you pick this one first. You know, <laughs> it's it's got to be. It's got to be Angle and Ronda. Did, I did, mean, did the WrestleMania stat have anything to do with you p- 
picking. No. Um, I just, I feel, so Ronda's making her debut, okay? And they have her as, like, the top star of this company right now. They can't have her lose in her opening match. You just, you, they don't even do it to regular debuting stars. They're not going to do it to somebody as high profile as her. You, you, she's not going to lose. You got Kurt Angle, his second match in WWE in, like, whatever, 10 years. Uh, first <laughs> WrestleMania match back at... I, that you just can't have them lose. You got Stephanie, who's not even like an active wrestler anymore, hasn't wrestled in forever. And, you know, and, and you got uh, Triple H, who he, he has no problem putting people over because, I mean, he's more of an office guy now than a wrestler. So it's got to be Angle and Ronda. I, I agree with you. This one will have to go as a tie. I agree, I agree with you. A lot of people are complaining that Triple H and Stephanie are trying to bully their way onto this card, but I couldn't think of a better way to introduce Ronda Rousey than in this match where you immediately supplant her as a babyface. You could easily start setting up a, you know, maybe the female version of Austin versus McMahon where you have Ronda versus McMahon. They're really doing a good job of whether she's a good actor or not, you got to give her time to develop. You you know, she didn't come from this world, so she's not automatically going to learn to cut a promo. That stuff will come in time, and I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind and forgive her on any mistakes she makes while trying to grow into whatever character she's trying to build into. But I like the fact that they're trying to build her into kind of a Roddy Piper... Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin type person. Yeah, like the female version of it. I like it because uh, Stephanie's the perfect person to put her up against. Like you said, it's almost like the, the Vince McMahon Stone Cold because Stephanie, I mean, she could turn a crowd on her. Well, first off, they don't cheer her when she comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Never. Never. So, you know, she's already like the ultimate female heel. And it's... It, they're potentially playing with fire if they put Ronda up against any other female because there's a, a shot that they might cheer that other female. There's no way that Stephanie's getting cheered. It just it's it's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, Triple H can go back and forth like he could swing back and forth with the breeze of the wind. It doesn't matter. One day he could show up on NXT, the biggest babyface. The next day he could show up on Raw, be the biggest heel. It that's the way is, and it's great that he can do that. But Stephanie, she's 100% heel. And it's just going to make, you know, people want to see her get ass kicked by Ronda Rousey. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And look, a lot of people are really bashing her with smiling in a promo and and all this stuff. And can you blame her? I mean, if she's as big as a wrestling fan as she says, I would be smiling too if I was in the middle of a ring with with them. And you just have to forgive it and you just let her grow because this is her – She's thrown into the fire, essentially. So I can't just judge her right out of the bat. Give I'm going to give her time, and I'm going to watch her grow, and hopefully next year we can talk about how far she's come. Yeah, like most improved wrestler of the year, whatever the case. It's okay to smile. I mean, in, in real life, okay, look at Ronda Rousey in real life. She's a legit fighter, okay? If somebody that's not a legit fighter came up to you, and started like spewing like you know like 
words at you that were like, you know, I hate you and try it under your skin. Ronda, like in real life, if this were a real life situation, Ronda Rousey would probably smile and be like thinking in her head, like I can actually kill this person right now. Like it just, you almost have to smile it off so that you don't get upset and like destroy this person. So in real life, that's what she probably would do to somebody like at a bar, came up to her, start picking a fight with her. She'd probably smile and be like, who are you trying to kid? You know? So, I mean, maybe that's her character. She smiles because she knows she can kill you. Let's see here. And finally, Daniel Bryant, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. If Sami and Owens wins, they get rehired. Who are you going with? I, it's a no-brainer. Um, I mean, you got to rehire them, right? But, like, there's got to – you know what? Daniel Bryan, he's so protected, even though if it's his first match back, that he can lose. Um, so I'd say, I'd say Sammy – and Kevin are going to win this. I'm going Sammy and Kevin only because Daniel Bryant turns heel and turns on Shane McMahon. You know what? That's like a thing WWE wanted to do for so long is to turn Daniel Bryan heel. I think it um, happens. I truly believe Daniel Bryan is turning on Shane. But are they going to cheer him? Like, Who cares? I, I know, I know. I, I just at, WWE. Remember when they tried to do that with the Wyatt family, had him join, and then, and it wasn't long. They were like, "Oh, we can't do this because people are still." Yeah, man, it's. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that heel turn, sure, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe, maybe Shane's gonna be the one turning heel. Like we're, we're, they're like, they're kind of telegraphing it. Like Brian's gonna turn heel, but then Shane does. I, I don't know. It's gonna a lot of interesting stuff is gonna come out of WrestleMania. Yeah, like a, a lot. I feel. Yeah, someone's turning um, on someone. That's the only way Zayn and Owens wins. Yeah. And, yeah. And finally, for tiebreakers and for giggles here, Cena versus the Undertaker. Now, it's not an announced match. Some people say there was going to be a segment. Some people are saying there's going to be a match. Here's here's my fantasy booking. And you give me your fantasy booking, winner and loser, and whoever's closest gets the point. I think they show Cena okay. in the crowd eating popcorn and they, you know, they throw the big graphic up, look at John Cena here as a fan, you know. And all of a sudden you hear bong. That's that's the only way that happens, right? Yep. So oh, is that is that how it's gonna happen? That's how I think it's gonna happen. Um. Yeah, they could do that. Um, I don't. I don't know what I would do. Like, you, you kind of have to. You kind of have to give them the match. I mean, right? Or 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 something. I just I don't know what they're gonna do with that. Uh, let's see. What would I do if I was the Booker? Obviously, Cena come out first. I'm gonna come out through the back, like the the ramp and stuff. Give him his whole entrance and all that. Have him, you know, cut his promo. He goes to leave the ring, and there's the dong, and there's the mat. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, uh, no. I disagree. I mean, your, yours would be more would be more like I would like it more as a fan. I just don't think they would do that. Um. That's a great question. I mean, that that's something I would have to think on. And who wins? 
Oh, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Double count out. I, um, let's say you know, maybe the Undertaker wins. Yeah, Cena doesn't need to win. He'll he'll come back and win the next night. It doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, Undertaker. You... He needs the win right now. <laughs> Can you believe you're saying that Undertaker needs? I know. Under needs the win right now, but he does, man. Like he just can't keep showing up at WrestleMania. Like the last. You know, five years WrestleMania is his records worse than like his first twenty. You know, so yeah, yeah you got to give Undertaker the win. You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, let's see here, we had a couple tweets we wanted to read here. Um, I asked, uh, I tweeted out, what were you guys most excited about and least excited about? Double A says uh, he's excited about uh, Gable and Benjamin. Um, I don't, I don't, I, they're they're. They're intriguing a little more now, but they're just so much lost in the mix that I don't care. Um, yeah, and they are. And, and like, this goes back to what we were saying before. You don't want to just be like, hey, you're a tag team. Oh, yeah, there's a three-way tag team match. Let's make it a four-way tag team match or something like that. Like, you don't want to just throw everybody on the card. Um, like, there's... Some people have to step back and just watch the show or whatever, or be in that battle royal or whatever the case may be. Um, I know they're trying to get everybody on the show, but the show's like already, you know, fifteen hours long and all that stuff. Like, it, it just doesn't feel special if you're. You know, there's so many multiple man matches, so if they're off the show, they're off the show. Big deal. Uh, MGB Wrestling Podcast said the least they're excited about is a show going on so long that you have to get up early in the morning. And the most he's excited about is uh, Ronda Rousey, even though it's a tag team match, which I kind of agree with both. Yeah, and like I just said, 15 hours long, it seems like. Uh, yeah, the show goes on till I believe, almost midnight now, and it's on a Sunday. You know, it's fine if you're watching UFC Saturday night. You know, the main event goes on at midnight, uh, but you're not usually waking up at Sunday morning for work. So, right. you know, it, it kind of... It, it'd be interesting to see what they're like how their stream i don't know if they have like accounts like their viewership and stuff like that this it, it drops off like after i remember the first time uh when it went on after 11 i was like wait is this is this the last match no there's still two more matches i'm like is this going on until 12 it was a couple of years ago it was the first time they went past <laughs> 11 and i was like man this is I remember us all saying, it's like a couple of my buddies were like, I got to work in the morning. I got to go. Like I have a half hour ride home, all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's probably the worst part is how long the event is. And it shows the crowd dies out too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the big main event they want to watch, they're almost ready to go home because it's the next day pretty much. Um, and the most excited, yeah, Ronda Rousey, I'm, I'm more interested to see, how how it's going to turn out. I know it's going to be overly produced because Triple H is going to have his hand in it and he's going to make sure every footstep is going to be measured properly and all that kind of stuff because he's going to want to make his investment look really good. Uh, but I'm excited to see how it's going to turn out and what they're going to do with it, definitely. Michael David Savage, which sounds like an awesome wrestling. You know what? That's, that's going to be my manager name in <laughs> Buffalo is Michael David Savage. Are you going to switch your name, or are you going to be? I kind of have to, right? Part of the dream is being somebody else. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to. Are you going to switch your name on this podcast? 
No. You're gonna be a big star. Maybe one day we'll, we'll work it out. But but in Buffalo, May nineteenth, come see Michael David Savage raw. <laughs> As I don't cut uh, a promo and lead somebody out who doesn't even know who I am or cares that they'll just be like pat me on the head and be like, "All right, you just stand over there and let me do my thing." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll be Michael David Savage, the lone manager. Well, with the real. What the real Michael David Savage say on Twitter? Oh, the real one says he's looking forward to the Ring of Honor card, some great matches, hoping uh, uh, Dashwood from WWE steals the show and finally gets the title she deserves. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, our good friends over at uh, Fansided DDT, you guys go over there and check them out. Uh, Daily DDT or Fansided DDT on Twitter. He's looking forward to the Alexander versus Ali match the most. He hopes these two steal the show. Look, I they could easily steal the show if they're given enough time and have a good spot. They can they will not be able to steal the show if they're on the pre-show. Well, they'll be on the pre-show, I believe. I, I'm almost one hundred percent sure they'll they'll I think they already announced that they're gonna be on the pre-show. Um and it'll be fine. They'll have the best match on the pre-show, and it might might be they'll, they'll have a great match. I don't know if the fans will be into it. Uh, you just never know. Um, what I think the best event on this weekend will be is the NXT Takeover event on Saturday. They always always do so well. Uh, I'm excited to watch that. And uh, yeah, I mean we'll see we'll see how that goes. We'll see if that's better than than that actual WrestleMania. I am. This will be, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, this will be the second NXT pay-per-view I'll watch live. Normally, I'll wait a day or two or you know, somewhere in the middle of the week get to catch up on it. Cause, just because WrestleMania takes a lot, and then you got Raw and, and SmackDown. But this will be the second takeover that I actually watch live. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it live, live. Um, but I'm definitely going to watch it because there's a lot of... You know, I mean, I want to see EC3's debut, man. Like, uh, hey, he's your but boy. there's a lot of other good, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff that uh, that's that's going to be on that card. Um, I hope they put. I hope they give Alistair Black the title. I they should just give it to him. I I, I feel like it's his time. Um, they've been building him up so well, and just to have him lose would not be good. I don't think they want to. That's going to be obviously the main event. So. Um, yeah, that'll be an interesting card, and I'm looking forward to it. That's our predictions. Uh, you were always interested in the years. PD, we got to thank the fans again. Uh, what seems like every week we thank them. It's a thankless job to thank you guys, the fans, but without you and everything you've done, we really wouldn't have anything to brag about, and we kind of have something to brag about, don't we, Pete? Yeah, our, uh, the, the, our, our top of the charts pretty much for our podcast wow that that blew me out normally i'm the guy sending you text going dude look we made it the 10th and 12th and this time it was you yeah i looked at it to see where we were because i know we were like around like three or four all this kind of stuff because you always send it to me and i'm like ah i'm bored let me see what number two i'm like <laughs> why are we number two right now i'm like uh okay and then i send it to you i'm like is this is this right i mean i don't know how they measure all this stuff or whatever but number two seems to be you know pretty good out of like the top 25 in sports and recreation and uh yeah so i 
whatever you the the fans are doing uh, keep on doing it we're loving it uh and you know we love talking about wrestling for you guys it's quite amazing if you don't know where to find this podcast we're on stitcher and itunes if you don't have either one of those you can go over to iHeartRadio or also on Tuned In. You can even go over to the website, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. I know it's a lot to type in, but it won't break your fingers unless your finger's already close to being broken. Take that in, and you can listen live from the webpage. There's a little photo gallery of PD and I, and sometimes we're hanging out, and other times he's giving some of the Canadian Destroyer, and I'm pretending to be on ESPN Radio in some of the pictures. So... Uh, there's also a contact form where if you have a question for the podcast or even a comment, uh, we keep getting amazing comments. You know, the 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 one guy who uh, got mad at us for you know spoiling the show sent us another complimentary you know email again. So we've we've changing hearts and minds, PD. Yeah, I mean, I guess should I? I don't think we said one spoiler on this show. Should we at least like do a spoiler? Sure. Um, I think there's only a couple weeks till redemption. Say spoiler I think I'm on, first. Uh, imp- <laughs> you guys say spoiler uh, first. Oh yeah, spoiler alert! No, I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh. I just, you know, I've already announced that I'm going for the X Division title, so there's going to be a lead up with uh, myself, Matt Seidel, Josh Matthews, and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, just stay tuned. Thursdays on uh, Pop TV, eight o'clock. There you go. Nice little uh, plug, by the way, for the for the people who ignore us. <laughs> yeah, right. Little chat you, can, there. you can see Impact on Twitch. Um, uh, that's where the Lucha Underground versus Impact is going to be. I will not be on the show. Or maybe I will. Maybe I'm surprising you, and I'm doing the anti-spoiler right now. I'm just telling you I'm not going to be there. Oh, I'm uh, going to be mad if you do show up to that show because I got guacamole just for you. <laughs> guacamole? I don't know. That was uh, the first thing I could think of. No, I love guacamole actually. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to taste your your, your guac. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we should end it with that. Yeah, we probably should. All right. Uh, remember, you can follow PD at IPD Williams on uh, Twitter. You can follow me at Dennis Seven Seven Farrell. You can also go over to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com and every link to anything you want for this podcast is there. Our- social media our facebook page which by the way go over to facebook and like wrestling perspective podcast uh we have a buddy who runs the facebook page russ he will actually be at wrestlemania weekend he will be doing some live videos uh of him dressed up as sting this year uh, there's he'll be doing some facebook lives uh show walking around showing the, the venue filling up beforehand so there's going to be a lot of cool live videos and pictures from wrestlemania weekend from us there yeah and oh he's like our what's that called uh the reporter Cor- guy the correspondent scene. Cor- yeah he's our correspondent great we even have a correspondent this yep. is so awesome and I think over on the Facebook page, too, Sharpshooter Steve did a series where he broke down each match from what needed, in his perspective, what needed to happen, what should happen, and what probably will happen. Awesome. So, See, we're delegating. Yeah. And, but it's working. It's, this is great. We have like a, like a team now. Hey, one day we can delegate the podcast and let two other people do it, and we'll just reap all the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Wrestling Perspective Podcast with Petey and Dennis. But Petey and Dennis aren't here. That's what it's go. called. Yeah, and every week we just don't show up anymore. 
Yeah, that'd be great. So thank you, fans, for that, for everything. What? What? No, that's what. Remember the the Regis and Kelly show? But like, there was always somebody filling in for Regis. Oh yeah. Finally, like they got rid of him, and they're now it's something else. Oh man, that's okay. that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so so we're we're like Regis and Kelly. Uh, kind of, I would say like when I don't show up, like, yeah, with PD and Dennis and like for a year I don't show up, but you still use my name to, for the podcast. Oh, that's going to happen anyways. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a text and be like, dude, I'm burnt out of the podcast. I'm going to have to take some time off. I'll be like, all right, welcome to the wrestling perspective with PD and Dennis. PD can't make it this week. And we have a guest though. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to yeah. happen. Every week you're going to get bumped. <laughs> PD was going to join us, but all right. Oh, and by the way, not this week because it's almost over, but next week we're going to have Kevin Heffernan from Super Troopers. He was going to join us uh, tomorrow night, but actually they're having their premiere of Super Troopers 2, which sadly takes a little bit of precedent over us. Oh, he can't blow that off for our podcast? No, I, you know, I tried to see if he could call his people and switch the premiere date for just so we can do our podcast, but I don't think it happened. Oh, that's too bad. All right, well, next time. And Ron Funches, I think you and I will have to work a little bit extra next week and just record a couple podcasts. But uh, Ron Funches will join us next week too. Which he's Pete, you got to look him up. He's one of the funniest guys around. All right, yeah, no, I'll look him up and uh, I'll make sure I do my research before we talk to him. All right, guys, that's uh, that's Happy WrestleMania week, Happy Rusev Day. By the way, I can't believe that they actually booked WrestleMania on Rusev Day too. I'm I'm shocked. Yeah, me too. So, uh, <laughs> happy WrestleMania. Look for our tweets. Be very involved with us. PD and I, we thank you very much. Have a good week. PD, say bye. All right. We'll see you guys.